we're thankful that you're here at Alger Assembly of God. We're thankful that you've been a part of the play, the kids' Christmas play, that Christmas is canceled. Certainly Christmas is not canceled. And for the, the balance of our time, I wanted to share just a, a few thoughts with you. As we continue on this, this month, we've been looking at the theme called the Christmas experience. And we've been looking to experience Christmas and certainly through the different characters of Christmas, the, the message of Christmas. You know, when it comes to Christmas, there's a, there's a lot of pictures, a lot of stories that, that kind of make that uh, stand out in our minds. For some, uh, certainly we think about the biblical story, the Christmas story of Jesus coming to birth and uh, coming to this world. When it comes to Christmas time, so many times people think about, well, all of the stories and, and all of the songs and, and all of the music and, and everything that comes with Christmas, everything that is added to Christmas. And if we're not careful, in the midst of the hustle and bustle of December, anybody a little stressed out right about now? It's okay to admit. How many of you, you've got a list a mile long that still needs to be done for Christmas? It's okay. Raise them up good and proud. You've got some other people joining with you this morning. So whether that's gifts to be bought and given, whether that's food and cookies and candies to make and bake, we put so much time and so much effort into Christmas. We've got to get the songs ready. We've got to get the tree ready. We've got to get the house ready. We've got all this stuff to do. And if we're not careful, things such as the stable and the manger... And the truth of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord, if we're not careful, those things can become the afterthought. If we're not careful, we focus on the gifts, and we focus on the food, and, and we focus on the family, or we focus on the football, or all these other things which are great and fun... But when it comes right down to it, if we're not careful, we can lose sight of the main plan of Christmas. It's Jesus Christ come to earth. And the manger, the stable, all of this has a, a, pretty, a pretty main part of the biblical Christmas story. So for these next number of minutes, I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to spend just a little bit of time looking about the plan of Christmas. It's not a mere afterthought. The humble birth, the stable, the manger, Jesus Christ. It's more than just a part of Christmas. It is the plan of Christmas. So Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it reads like this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. So we're going to look at a, a few things that the plan of Christmas included. 
So if you're taking notes this morning, we'll call it the plan of Christmas. First of all, the plan of Christmas included this. It included Joseph, not Caesar. It included Joseph and Mary and not Caesar. Now, I know, I know. You're saying, Pastor Mark, didn't you just read from Luke chapter 2 and in verse 1, and you see Caesar Augustus? Yes. Understand, Caesar Augustus was a part of this. He was used by God as leader, as ruler. He decreed this census that should be taken. Everybody was to go to their hometown to register. All of those great things like registering for government and taxes. Things that drive everybody into excitement, right? Not really. So yes, Caesar was a part of that. Caesar was a part of this plan. But who were the main characters throughout? They involved a, a rather humble man by the name of Joseph, a simple girl, teenage girl by the name of Mary, they were the ones selected and chosen to be parents of Jesus Christ. This wasn't Caesar. This was not most important, most powerful man in the world chosen to be the, uh, the central and key figure of this biblical story. It involved Joseph and Mary making that long journey, that long trek towards their hometown. Joseph's hometown. It's pretty obvious here as we take a look at Joseph, we take a look at Mary and, and this humble birth, this humble beginning, that Jesus was not born into a life full of power, authority, and just popularity and presence. Joseph and Mary were certainly anything but Caesar when it came to power when it came to ability, when it came to resources, and yet that's what God selected. Jesus Christ as the Son of God was given his power directly from God. This was not Caesar decreeing and passing down to his son as a part of this. The Christmas story features Joseph. It features his betrothed wife, Mary, at its core, at the very center of it, God chose them to be a part of this as opposed to Caesar Augustus. Yes, he was used. Yes, he made this decree. Yes, there was a census to be taken, but it reminds us, Jesus Christ born into the manger in the stable had a very simple, humble upbringing. And the kingship, the leadership that he would be given was certainly much different than that of Caesar who was ruling at the time. So the plan of Christmas included Joseph. It included Mary and not Caesar at its center. Secondly, the plan of Christmas included Bethlehem and not Rome. Isn't that interesting? So we continue in verses 4 and 5. It says, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, 
to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who is pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, we've sung the song. I don't know that the, it was a part of the play today, but how many of you know, how many of you have sung that song, and if you know it, just help me out with the rest, Oh, little town of, town of, oh, little town of Bethlehem. That was the town that Joseph needed to head back to. Now, we sing, oh, little town of Bethlehem. And biblical scholars who would study this culture and and back in the biblical days would say that more than likely the town of Bethlehem at that time was probably between 300 and 1,000. Sound like any towns you might know about? I could think of a few right around here, including the one that we're worshiping in today. Town of Alger would fit that to the T, right? Jesus was born in Bethlehem, this little town that people in that day didn't think much of. You know what people really thought highly of? You know what was really, really important? What was well known? What everybody wanted to be from? Rome. Leadership, rulers, all of the important people were in and of and from Rome. When God chose the place for his son to be born, he was born in Bethlehem, a small town that at that day and that culture and that time, it was not thought of as important as some of these other days, some of these other cities. I mean, if, if we were to get super, super real and honest, we would look at today's day and culture in the United States, and we would probably see that the movers and the shakers of society, whether it's news, sports, media, culture, banking, we would probably look to such cities as New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, other large metropolitan areas that people would say, these are important cities. If you're from there, if you work there, things must be pretty happening in your life. How about Ohio? In Ohio, we might look to something like Columbus. Large city, our capital city here in Ohio might look to cities such as Cleveland with many, many dynamic sports teams. At least the Cavaliers. At least the Cavaliers. Indians almost. Browns. Let's not go there. Or we might look to Cincinnati. I mean, there's a number of cities. If you were to look at Ohio and say, what would be the key influencing cities of Ohio... How long would it take before someone mentioned Alger or McGuffey or Herod or the large metropolis of Ada? It would take a while, right? 
Because in the grand scheme of Ohio, some of these towns we're talking about and living in are not as large, seemingly not as influential. Kind of that way with Jesus being born in Bethlehem as opposed to Rome. God had the birth of his son Jesus Christ rather humble, rather lowly way. This was not even the greatest or perhaps only spot or inn in Bethlehem. There was no room that was there. He was in the manger in a stable. Lowly, humble, small town. And that's where God placed his son, Jesus Christ. Now, it was not Rome, but Jesus is a king. Make no mistake about it. He's the kind of king that truly stands out in a manger because he never left the manger. In other words, the the truth of his life, the truth of his birth, it's all what? He came to live and ultimately to die for you and for me. We realize that Jesus as this king, king of kings, lord of lords, born as as a little baby, a little child, so much different than the earthly kings of the day. For Caesar, for those in leadership at Rome, the fact that some child, some baby being born would ultimately come not to rule with an iron fist, not to crush people into the dust, but ultimately he came to die? What kind of king does that? A mighty and a powerful king, God's son, Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't born in the large city. Jesus wasn't born into a family of influence in Joseph and Mary. Wasn't born with a lot of prominence or a lot of stuff and resources. But he came ultimately to live and to die for you and for me. The Christmas story It involves Joseph and Mary, not Caesar. It involves Bethlehem and not Rome. Finally, this morning, the plan of Christmas involves a manger and not a throne. Verses 6 and 7 of Luke chapter 2. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. No room in the inn. No vacancy sign up. However you and I would imagine or picture that, and that was illustrated in a form in the Christmas play. Whatever inn or inns might have been available in this small, simple town of Bethlehem, there was no room. To truly be the king, Jesus was was not born in the palace. He was born in the manger, in the stable, for you and for me. And ultimately, that life that was lived was not the life to be above everyone else, but to be the servant. 
as Jesus said in, in his teaching and in his ministry, he said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And he talked about being the servant. He's come to seek and to save, to serve those. Typically, kings would have everybody to serve them. What's in it for me? As the king, I'm in charge. You've got to do stuff for me because I'm the leader. I'm the ruler. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's not what took place with Jesus. Jesus ultimately came to give of his life and to die for you and for me. Some very simple reminders when it comes to the plan of Christmas. But God's plan, God's purpose was on full display. It was clear, it was evident that first Christmas. The birth of Jesus was in opposition and contrast to the power and position of Caesar, the leader and ruler. He was born into poverty, not born into a life of privilege, born into humble surroundings, not born into a life of power, born into a life of obscurity to Joseph and Mary, who most did not know about. All a part of the plan, all a part of the purpose of God. Those very humble beginnings in the life of Jesus Christ. Not just for a neat story. Not just for a picturesque card or painting as we think about and remember the Christmas story. They serve notice that his way of doing things is different from the world's. God's plan was on full display every single day detail. 